Sometimes you need to confuse the enemy and go in tongues. 
And this is your response to them. Hey, hey! For what? I'm not feeling you yet. Let's take it from the top. Do you remember? K. Adosh Kalabayambe. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm ready for war. If you understand my evil, say, I'm. Bit of war. Some of you are too gentle for the enemy. Everybody say, hey, hey, from verse 1 to verse 11. The Bible said, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. This was the devil. You know, telling Jesus, if you are the son of God. You know, God just told Jesus in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. The Bible says, and lo, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the devil now came to him not long after then. and said, if you are the son of God, if God, if indeed God has approved you to be his son, command that this stone become bread. And this was at the time when Jesus Christ was hungry. He has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights without food. And verse 4, look at what Jesus did. Because Jesus, as, as human being, responded to, to the temptation as human being as well. So that he can set for us an example. And I'm going to give us some points about that you know, in some few minutes. Verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. 
Man shall not live by bread alone. I want us to know that this word is not just for bread alone. When we are talking about bread, we are talking about things that can satisfy our immediate need. Our immediate want, bread alone. Oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat. I need to put something in the microwave. Bread alone. You know, that was what destroyed, uh, uh, let me say, almost destroyed the destiny of Esau. In, Gen- in Genesis chapter 25, you know, the Bible says he came back from, from, from the farm. He was hungry. And then he saw his brother cooking. And, and he said, you know what? Give me some lentils. I want to eat. And Jacob told him that if you are going to eat from this porridge or from this lentil, then you will have to sell to me your batrat. And, you know, Jacob, I mean, Esau, because he was so hungry, because he was a man that lived on bread alone, he gave in. And he said, you know what, what is my birthright to me? Just give me this food and let me eat. And the Bible says he, he was given the food he ate and he went his way. He went his way. He lost his birthright. So what I'm saying is that life is not just based on bread alone. I want to get married. Bread alone. I'm looking for a job. Bread alone. I'm, I'm seeking for promotion at my place of work. Bread alone. But the Bible says, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what should be our hunger every day is, I need a word from your mouth, O God. I need a word from your mouth, O God. And let me go to verse 5 because of our time. Then the devil took him up. Into the holy city. I want you to follow me. The devil took him up. Do you know sometimes it's possible for the devil to, to take you up? The devil took him up. You know, it's like the devil gave him some advantage. The devil took him up to the temple, <laughs> the temple, to holy city, and set him on the pinnacles of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, look at that. He still repeated the same thing. If, if, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and they shall, and in their hand they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You know, even the devil knows the scripture. He knows the Bible. You know, I pity some of us that we don't know scripture. The devil knows the scripture. He knows the Bible very well. But the difference between us and the devil is that when we know scripture, we obey scripture. But the devil only knows scripture without obeying it. And that's why he still remains the devil. He doesn't obey the word of God. He only knows it. He can quote everything in the Bible to you. But he doesn't obey one of it. I pray that we shall not become like the devil. In the name of Jesus. You know, the devil that knows all. But doesn't do nothing. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> and look at, look at what the Bible says. Then he, he, he took him up. And look at what Jesus Christ responded in verse 7. And Jesus said to him, It is written again. Look at that. Jesus keep using the same it is written it is written again you shall not tempt the Lord your God and verse 8 again look at that again the devil didn't stop again he came to him again and the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me, I will give you everything you want. And I want you to know that today the devil is still doing the same. There are so many people that they have submitted their life unto the devil. They have, they have, they have agreed to enter into a covenant with him 
And the devil has promised them everything. He has promised them everything. There is nothing they lack. But I want you to know that after they leave this world, they are going back to that devil. I pray that we shall not go back to the devil in the name of Jesus. Remember Sodom in Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, remember how Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you know that everything that, that Lot acquired when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, everything was burnt down? Everything. All the wet. <laughs> all the wet of Sodom. When the fire was looking, you know, for properties of Sodom, everything that Saul, I mean, Lot acquired was burnt down. Even the wife of Lot looked back. Because she discovered that she has lost a lot. And she kept thinking about it. The Bible says she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. What I'm saying is that whatever we acquire from the devil, we are going to lose it. We are going to lose. Only the thing that God give us will last forever. Only, to, only the thing that God give us will last forever. So, so look at what the Bible says in verse, in verse 10. In verse 10, you know, you know, the devil promised everything. He said, I'm going to give you the kingdom of this world and the glory. And uh, Verse 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. All I needed to do is to just fall down and worship me. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. Leave me alone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him, on, him only you shall serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. I want to pray for somebody tonight that the angels of God will come to minister to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I, I, let me just give us some few points about temptation, you know, because we need to understand some truths about temptation, and then... And then we'll, we'll build up on, on that passage that we read. And then we'll go and pray. When it comes to temptation, <laughs> the first thing I want us to understand and to know is that <laughs> the tempter, when it comes to temptation, temptation is real. Temptation is real. Temptation is real. When it comes to temptation, temptation is real. And Satan is real. And he's always fighting against those who obey and follow God. Let me repeat that, question, that point again. When it comes to temptation, temptation is real. And Satan is real. And he's always fighting against those who obey and follow God. And one of the power the devil used, I, I explained this to us last week, Monday, for those of us that joined Yoruba prayers. One of the powers that the devil used is the power to tempt. He has the power, the power to tempt. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, you know, Paul told the Thessalonian church, he said, let Satan's by some means, or he said, let, let by some means the tempter attempted you and our labor be in vain. So he is called the tempter. He has the power to tempt. So when he tempts, what he does is to entice us to do evil. Whether against ourselves or against other or against the will of God. He tempts us to do evil. He's the tempter. So I want us to know that temptation is real and devil is real. And he always fights against those who obey and follow God. To tempt them. 
Then the second thing I want us to know about temptation is that temptation, the temptation of Jesus Christ, or the temptation of Jesus Christ, give us an example to follow when we are tempted. The temptation of Jesus Christ, you know, is a template for us to follow when we are tempted. I want us to know that we must not follow the temptation of Adam, because Adam failed. We must not follow the temptations of Abraham. Because Abraham failed in Genesis 17. You know, he was waiting on God for his, for his wife to conceive. And after 10 years of waiting, his wife suggested something to him. And he followed that. We must not follow the temptations of David. Because David failed. And these are some of the things some people mention today. Say, well, but in the Bible, David also had more than two wives. Abraham had more than two wives. And they followed those kinds of stuff. We must not follow their temptations because they failed. We are only supposed to follow the example of Christ when we are tempted. Because some people will say, well, I, I, I don't have any power to resist it. Even though, don't, even though if you look at David, David also could not tempt, you know, he, he could not resist it. Even Abraham, the father of faith, could not, could not resist it. We are not supposed to be comparing ourselves to those people. To Abraham, to David who failed. We are supposed to follow Jesus. Jesus is our standard, is our example. And he did not fail. He passed his temptation. I pray that God will give us the grace to pass our own temptation too in Jesus' name. Then, when it comes to temptation, this temptation by Satan show us that Jesus was human being. The temptation of Jesus by Satan show to us that Jesus was human being. He, you know, when he was tempted, he was 100% human being. And 100% God. And if you look at the way Jesus Christ handled the temptation, Jesus Christ did not use any supernatural power somewhere to overcome the temptation. All that he was doing is that he was saying, it is written. It is written. Just to let us know that when we are faced with temptation, we can also follow the same example as human beings. By quoting scripture, by meditating on the word of God, and by responding to our temptation by the word of God. Then the, the fourth thing I want to mention is that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Jesus was tempted in the, in the what? In the wilderness. And when we talk about wilderness, we are talking about a place of loneliness. A place where he was tired. A place where he was hungry. A place where he was more vulnerable. I want us to know that most of the time when we are also going to be tempted is going to be when we are in our wilderness. And whether we like it or not, we shall all go through our wilderness experience. We, we, we cannot pray it out of our life. <laughs> Even Jesus Christ, he went through his own. And if we are his followers, we are going to go through our own wilderness experience too. And that's the time when we are lonely. Some people are already going through their wilderness experience as we are talking right now. Some people just came out of their own. And some people are, are getting ready to enter into their own. We cannot avoid it. He was tempted when he was in the wilderness. And that is talking about a place of vulnerability. A place where we are in great need. A place where, you know, when we are weighing, weighing on big decisions. Or when we are faced with uncertainty. A place of wilderness. <laughs> a place of wilderness. A place of wilderness. A place when, when, we, are, when we are in need. Then the, the, the next point I want to mention about temptation is that Satan's temptation focuses on three areas. 
And these are the three areas where we are also being tempted to. It focused on three areas. One, the first area of his temptation was on physical need and desires. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. You know, satisfy your physical need, your immediate desires. Then the temptation also focused on possessions and power. Possessions and power. It took, it took Jesus to the holy city and he asked him to go and jump from the pinnacle of the temple. So that Jesus can use, you know, can use his power and command the angels to come and you know, hold him before he fall. Possessions and power. Then the temptation also focused on pride. Pride of life. Pride of life. He told Jesus, he said, look at, the, look at all the kingdoms of this world. If you can just bow down and worship me, I'm going to give you everything. And do you know today, many people have bowed down to the devil. And indeed, they have everything. They have money. They have everything that life has to offer. But immediately they die, they are going back to the devil. Then the sixth point I want to mention is that James, the book of, from the book of James, James gave us a description of the mechanism of temptation. A description of what? The mechanism of temptation. A description of the mechanism of temptation. I want us to open our Bible to the book of James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We are going to see the, the mechanism of temptation from verse, maybe we should read from verse 13. The Bible says, let no one says when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Look at verse 14. But everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Our temptation starts from our point of desires. And I want us to know that desire is good. Desire to get married is good. You know, desire to eat when you're hungry is good. But how you satisfy that desire determines whether you fall into temptation or not. And also the timing for satisfying that desire. It wasn't that Jesus Christ doesn't eat when he was on earth. But if Jesus Christ has eaten bread when the devil was tempting him, that would have been at the wrong time. And that's why many people today, they have a good desire, they have a godly desire, but they are satisfying that, those desires at the wrong time. When we satisfy a good desire at the wrong time, it means we are falling into temptation. So, so every man is tempted when they are drawn away by their desires. Look at that, verse 14 of James, James chapter 1, verse 14. And look at what verse 15 says, Then when desire has conceived... It gives back to sin. That is, if you now allow your desire to rule you, if you now allow your, your flesh, your lust, whatever you want, you, you, you allow it to control you and you fall for it, then it will give back to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, bring forth death. You know, the, the, the wages of sin is death. I want us to know that. Anytime we fall into temptation, it means we have committed sin as Christians. And the Bible says it will bring about death. What does that mean? You know, death talks about broke, broken relationship. Broken relationship. That's what it means for us as Christians. Whenever we commit sin, it, it leads to broken relationship between us and God. And that's why we must fight hard every day to make sure that nothing will break our relationship with God or our fellowship with God. You know, when there is no fellowship between us and God, that is when we can be vulnerable to attack. 
That is when the devil can, you know, can, can move us like a pendulum up and down. Look at that. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. So that, 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 that's the mechanisms of temptation. It's, it always starts from a desire. And then if the desire conceived, it will lead to sin. And then sin will lead to death. Sin will lead to death. The book of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 6. The Bible says, Knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be a slave of sin. So we have to know that we are not supposed to yield to temptation because our whole man, that nature of sin, has been what? It has been crucified with Christ. We have to know that. Or else, we will think the whole man is the one that stays in charge. And, and if, we, if we think he's the one in charge, we, we will always submit ourselves unto him. But we have to know that that old man, that fleshy nature, has been crucified with Christ. And he doesn't have the power to control us anymore. The moment we begin to know that and begin to realize that, it will help us to say no to the old man. No to the flesh. Whenever the, the flesh wants to control us and say, do this, get that, use this, use your credit card for this. Even though, you, even though that was not the right thing you're supposed to do, say, use your credit card, you know, put that thing on your credit card. And it, it's not something you need, but the devil just wants to attack your finance. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Now, the seventh point I want to mention before I, I build up on that passage is there is a blessing that God has promised to those that endure and overcome temptation. Anytime we endure and overcome any temptation, there is a promise of God for us. And I want us to know that because we need to know that we are not just doing this thing in vain. Because if there is no hand to being holy, if there is no hand to following Christ, then why are we denying ourselves? Why are we denying ourselves? So, so there is an hand to it. There is a profit. There is a blessing. There is a promise of God for us. The book of James chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved or when he has been tried, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want us to note those phrases. The Bible says, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who endures temptation. You know, the temptation we are going through, if we can endure it. Some of us, we are going through some painful situation right now. You know, if we can endure it. The Bible says, there, there is a crown of life for us. And I pray that we shall not miss our crown in the name of Jesus. Because, you know, enduring and overcoming temptation is a proof that we love God. Is a proof that we love God. I'm praying and believing God that after tonight, God will grant every one of us power to overcome temptation in the name of Jesus Christ. We shall not fall into our temptation again in the name of Jesus. Now, I want us to go back as we round up. Let's go back to that book of Matthew chapter 4. And then we are going to look at each of the temptations and then we'll go and pray. The first temptation that the devil brought before Jesus was the temptation for him to turn stone to bread to satisfy his immediate need when Jesus was hungry. And I want us to know that most of the time when we are hungry, that is when the devil show up. Most of the time. When we are hungry. Hungry for money. Hungry for, for, 
for fulfillment of our desires, hungry for anything, when, whenever we are hungry. And that's why we need to watch. We need to watch people we are calling or people we are talking to when we are hungry. Do you know the reason why some people, maybe who are married, the reason why they, 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 they enter into the scene of adultery is that when they are hungry for sex, maybe their partner was not available, they started talking to strange people. Maybe their old friends. They started calling them and they started chatting up again. And before they know it, boom, they fell. So we need to watch. Whenever we are hungry, let's watch people we are calling. Let's watch people we are talking to. Because that's, at that point, that's the time the devil is waiting for. To make us to fall. So he told Jesus, you are hungry. And you say God loves you. Why must you be hungry? If God loves you, why can't, why can't God take care of your needs? And do you know that's the same thing the devil does to us too? Say, if you are, if you are a son of God, you, are a child, you call yourself a child of God. Why are you suffering like this? Look at you. Look at all your mates. They have all gone. But you are still at the same spot. Why can't you do something about your life? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Because he, because he knows that we are hungry. And when we are hungry as human beings, that's the time when we are weak. We are more vulnerable. We can go for anything. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. I say God will help us in Jesus' name. But Jesus Christ did something. Look at what he did. <laughs> in verse 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But Jesus Christ answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not here on earth only just for bread. God do this for me. God do that for me. God give me blessing. God give me money. God give me job. God give me promotion. God give me my green card. God give me my deeds and that. I'm not here on earth for that. Even if God doesn't do that for me, I will still serve him. I will still obey him. I will still love him. And if we can do that, that's when God will rise up and defend us. Because the Bible makes us to understand in 2 Timothy, I believe that's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. So the Bible says, if we deny him, he also will deny us when we are hungry. So Jesus Christ said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So to overcome that temptation, he quoted the scripture. He said, man shall not live, and that, is the, that, that scripture that Jesus Christ quoted was in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And that's why I want to encourage us to make sure that the word of God is our food. Let's feed our spirit man before we feed our physical man. That's one of the, one of the covenants I made when I was in high school. I said, if I've not read my scripture in a day, I will not eat my breakfast. Word of God first before breakfast. Because when we read the word of God, we are feeding our spirit man. And when the time of temptation comes, the spirit man will have the power to overcome the temptation when we are hungry. Then the second temptation, let's go, let's go to the second temptation because I want us to pray. We have a lot of prayers to pray. And don't forget, I mentioned earlier that we are going to be praying like we are in a retreat. And in a prayer of retreat, nobody sees anybody. In fact, some of us, we cry. We cry like a baby. We roll on the floor. No, nobody is watching anybody because we are, everybody is on their own. And tonight, you are going to be on your own. I'm going to be on my own too because my temptation is my temptation and I have to face it in my own wilderness. And in your own wilderness as well, you will face your own temptation too. So that's why every one of us have to pray tonight. The second temptation, the Bible says Jesus took Jesus. I mean, the devil took Jesus 
That is that's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city. This is temptation in the holy city, in the religious atmosphere, in the church, in the church area. And he took him to the pinnacle of the temple. Look at that. Pinnacle of the temple is, is one of the highest points. You know, the Bible theologian says, if somebody stands, as at that time, if you stand on the pinnacle of the temple, you can see the whole of Jerusalem. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And, you know, through that, the devil was trying to allow Jesus to prove the faithfulness of God. He wanted Jesus to tempt the faithfulness of God. He said, throw yourself down and let us see if God will save you. Let us see if God will send his angels, you know, to come and rescue you. Now, look at, look at what the devil says. If, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. In that quoted scripture, say, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hand they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. But the devil omitted the most important of that scripture. Because the scripture the devil was trying to quote there was from Psalm 91 from verse 11 to 12. Let me, let me, let me, let me quote it to us. The Bible says, for, for he shall give, that's Psalm 91 from verse 11 to 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That was omitted by the devil. He shall give his angel charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Which means God will only protect us when we are walking in all his ways. In all his ways. God will not protect you if you are walking outside of his ways. Outside of his way. Do you know some people, we have seen some people today that say, you know what? The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my protection. And they are on the highway speeding. Going beyond the speed limit. If people like that, if they are, if they, if they, are, if they, if they are vehicles somersaulted, the angel of God may not respond to them, because they are, they have they have moved outside of the way of, of God. The angel of God will only keep you and protect you when you are walking within the ways of God. But when you walk outside of the ways of God, no, angels of God will back up. They will back up. They will back up. So and that was what the devil omitted. He said, you know, prove, prove to God, you know, to know if God is faithful to his word. Jump down. Jump down from the highest point of the temple. And let's see if the angels of God will, will carry you in their hands. And look at what Jesus said. <laughs> look, look at verse 7. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. I want us to know that we must not tempt God. By deliberately disobeying God and still expecting Him to rescue us, you know. Let me give let me give an example of this. Some of us we are not paying our tithes, and we are struggling right now. Things are tight for us, and yet we are praying and say, "God, don't you see your daughter suffering like this? Don't you see your son suffering like this? Want to do something?" But we are the one that we are we are the one not paying our tithes. That is tempting God. By doing that, we are tempting God. <laughs> we are tempting God. Because we are, not, we are not walking in his ways. When we are not walking in his ways, there is no way the angels of God will protect us or come to our rescue. I pray God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Now, let's go to the third temptation because I want us to go and pray within the next two, three minutes. The third temptation, that's in uh, Matthew chapter 4 from verse 
8 to 11. And again, the Bible said the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. Look at that. The devil keep taking him high. High, high. I want us to watch anything that want to that want to promise us to take us high. Let's watch. It could be a temptation from the devil. The devil took him high. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple. That was high. Then he took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you can fall down and worship me. Because the devil, what the devil wants is worship. And that was why he missed it. That was why he was kicked out. According to Isaiah 14, if you read from verse, maybe from verse 11 to 14, he was kicked out of heaven because he wanted to overthrow the government of God. Because all he wants is worship. He wants people to worship him. He wants worship. He desires worship like anything. <laughs> and look at what Jesus Christ told him. Jesus Christ said unto him, Away with you, that's verse 10. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. I want us to know that the only way the devil will leave us alone is when we worship God and we serve him. The two things must go together, worship and service. Worship God and serve him. Worship and service. So the devil left him alone. And verse 11 says, Then the devil left him alone, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Each and every time we overcome any temptation, the angel of God will always come to minister unto us, to take care of our needs. To take care of our needs. So in the third temptation, the devil was trying to give the, the, uh, Jesus a short way to glory. A short way to glory. But the way that God has planned for Jesus was to go through the, co the, through the cross before getting the glory. We see that in Luke chapter 26, verse 44. Uh, the Bible says the Son of Man must first suffer and then enter into glory. And enter into glory. And the kingdom that the devil was trying to, you know, promise to Jesus, God has already said that he, he, he will give him the kingdom. In, in, in Psalm 2, if you read from verse 6 to 9, God has already told Jesus that he was going to give him the kingdom. But the way for Jesus to get the kingdom is to go through the cross first. Go through the cross, and then after the cross, then the glory. And that's why in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, as we up, but the Bible says, The kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. Because Jesus eventually overcame the temptation. He went through the cross, and now the kingdoms of this world has become his kingdom. And I want you to know that as child of God, you have the right, you have the power to exercise your dominion in his kingdom, even here or not. And that's why the devil cannot mesmerize you. The witches and wizards, they cannot mesmerize you. Nobody can touch you. No power can, 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 can fight against you and overcome you. No, they cannot. Because the kingdoms of this world has now become the kingdom of Christ. In this world, in this kingdom, we, we, the Bible says we are going to rule and reign as a child of the kingdom. I want us to go and pray. We are going to cry unto God. But before we pray the prayer, I want us to sing this song. Give me grace to follow you. Abundant grace to follow you. Give me grace to follow you. 
Your grace is enough for me. Give me grace to follow you. Abundant grace to follow you. Give me grace to follow you. Your grace is enough for me. Give us grace to follow you. Abundant grace to follow you. Give us grace to follow you. Your grace is enough for us. I want us to begin to pray and say, Father, tonight give me the grace. The grace that I need to overcome temptation. I want us to know that we cannot escape it. Even maturity, you cannot escape it. Even if you are a mature Christian, it doesn't exempt you from temptation. If you are a G.O., if you are a pastor, it doesn't exempt you from temptation. Everybody will have to be tempted on daily basis. I want us to cry unto God tonight and say, Father, give me the grace. The grace to overcome every temptation that comes my way. Let that grace be released upon me. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. Leke Lord, give us the grace, the grace to follow you, the grace to follow you, the grace to follow your word, the grace to follow your will, the grace to follow your way. When we are being tempted, let that grace be released upon us in the name of Jesus. We receive that grace, we receive that grace tonight, the grace to follow your word, the grace to follow your will, the grace to follow your your ways. When we are tempted, the grace to overcome every temptation that comes our way. Let that grace be released. In the name of Jesus, we receive that grace tonight. We receive that grace tonight. I want you to cry unto God for grace. Yes, the, the, tonight God wants to give you grace. Grace to overcome temptation. Grace never to fall to temptation again. Father, we pray that tonight you will release that grace upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every devil, that have entered into the garden of my life. You know, some of us, the devil has entered into our garden and we don't know. When he entered into the garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, the devil entered as a serpent, as a pet. Do you know for some of us, he has entered like a friend. For some of us, he has even entered like, an, like, like a enemy. For some of us, he has entered like a colleague, one of our colleagues. And we don't know that that's the, that is the same devil. That is the that is the one the devil want to the devil want to use against us. I want us to open our mouth and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every devil that have entered into the into the Eden of my life or into the garden of my life, let them be kicked out now. In the name of Jesus, I kick you out. Open your mouth, kick that devil out, kick that devil out. Whosoever the devil is, whosoever whosoever may be representing the devil that have entered into the garden of our life. I want us to open our mouth and say, Father, tonight, let that devil be kicked out. In the name of Jesus, I bind that demon. I bind that devil and I kick him out. I kick him out of my business. I kick him out of my home. I kick him out of my life. I kick him out of my children. In the name of Jesus, that devil that want to enter in a sneaky way, I kick 
you out. In the name of Jesus, I bind you and I kick you out. I kick you out of the gardens of my life. In the name of Jesus, you will not be able to operate. I stop all your works. I stop all your oppression tonight by the power and the blood of Jesus. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Kick that devil out. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Get out. I That devil that wants me to fall. That devil that wants to tempt me. That devil that wants to entice me. That have entered into the garden of my life. Tonight I bind you and I cast you out. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out of my home. I cast you out of my career. I cast you out of my job. In the name of Jesus, I Cast you out of my ministry. Tonight, I command the fire of God to destroy you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to open your mouth and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every doors in my life that has been opened to the enemies, doors that we have opened, whether unknowingly or knowingly, I want us to pray and say, Father, let those doors be shut by the power and the blood of Jesus. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Pray unto God. Every doors that the enemy is using to gain entrance into your home. Every doors that the enemy is using to gain entrance into your life. I want you to pray unto God and say, Father, tonight, let that door be shut. Let that door be shut. In the name of Jesus, I shut those doors. Let those doors be shut. In the name of Jesus. Every doors open to the wicked. Every doors open to deceivers. Every doors open to the enemies in our life. We command them to be shut tonight. By the power and the blood of Jesus. Let's close those doors. Let those doors be shut, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to pray unto God and say, Father, tonight, let that old man, when we talk about old man, we are talking about our sinful nature. I want you to know that in as long as we are in this world, we are not an angel. You are not an angel, and I am not an angel. There is an old man, there is a sinful nature in us. They call it Adamic nature, they call it self, they call it sinful nature, all kinds of names. Old man, I want us to pray and say, Father, let that sinful nature in me. Because it is that sinful nature that makes us to be susceptible to temptation. It makes us to be vulnerable to the devil. I want you to cry unto God and say, Father, tonight, that old man, that sinful nature, that Adamic nature in me, let it die. Let it be crucified. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. You know, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. Even if you are 80, if you are 100, <laughs> that sinful nature is still there. It's still there. You have to work on it every day. You have to crucify it every day. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, that Adamic nature, that thing that makes me to be susceptible to the devil, that thing that makes me to be susceptible to sin, let that nature 
Ta Ilia Kapakuda, let that nature be crucified. Ekete Ligaba, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Ekete Yedia Bagada, Ilia Gaba, Kindia Kasunika, Poligan, Savajudika, Malekete Yediaba, Adamic nature, sinful nature. I command you to be crucified. In the name of Jesus, be crucified, be crucified. Da, in the name of Jesus. Elia Kapakuda Basidikapa Yalikapa. I put you to death in the name of Jesus. I put your activities to death in the name of Jesus. Eketelekeposunda Kadaligaba. Let that Adamic nature in us be crucified in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to open our mouth and cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Give me the power to overcome deception. Deception. You know, one thing I found out is that many people that are tempted, they only realize it after the temptation is over. And they now begin to cry and say, ah, 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 oh my God. You know, but it is too late. Because after they have done whatever they wanted to do, you know, they will, they, their eyes will be blindfolded. They will see it as the right thing to do at that time. Because the devil will make them to know that that's your last option. This is your, the last time. This is the last thing you can do. Just do it and do it and forget about it. But after everything is over, it is the same devil that will not come to them and say, can you see yourself now? Look at what you have done. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. You call yourself a child of God. You are, you are good for nothing. You are not a child of God. You are a sinner. It is the same devil that will not begin to blame you and put guilt and condemnation in your heart. I want you to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, the power to overcome deception, let that power be released upon me now. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to be deceived by the devil. I refuse to be deceived by any means. In the name of Jesus, the power to overcome deception. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. I compass Catalia Basilica power. The power to overcome deception. Lord, give me that power today. Give me that power. 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 Lord, give us the power to overcome deception. The power to overcome deception. Lord, give us the power. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You know, Jesus Christ told his disciples in Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I know some people are still praying. This is, this is a, a serious prayers. You know, especially, you know, the time where we are now is a time when we have to talk about the kingdom of God. You know, the king, we have to remind ourselves about the kingdom of God. You know, although we are praying that God should do this, do that for us, but we must not be carried away with our needs at the expense of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is our target, not money. And that's why this prayer meeting, this prayer line is not raised up for money. It's not a voluntary organization for raising money. We are not collecting money here. Although we have seen people who have given us gifts, and I really appreciate that, and I thank, I thank you for doing that, and I'm praying that God will continue to bless you. But I want everybody to know that this platform is not organized for money. It's not for money. We are not here to make money. What we are here to do is to make heaven. Is to make heaven, to get to heaven. And we shall all get there. In the name of Jesus. That is the place of our reward. On heart, people will give us a word. 
but in heaven. That is where we are going to get our reward. And that is our focus. And nothing will stop us. You know, God that helped us to be in this country, to get to this country for, for you know, for especially for some of us who are immigrants, you know, it was God that brought us here. We didn't bring ourselves here. Even if you came here by land, it was still God that brought you here. By any means you came here, it was still God that brought you here. And that same God will take you to heaven. Because that is better than America. America is not heaven. <laughs> and America is not the end of life. There is still another place we are looking forward to. And I'm praying that we shall get there in the name of Jesus Christ. And anything that will not want us to get there, I pray tonight God will remove those things out of our life. In the name of Jesus. The book of Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I want us, I want, I want us to read what Jesus Christ told the disciples. You know, he told them, he, he told them to pray so that they will not fall into temptation. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I believe this was verse, verse, this is verse 41. This is our last prayer before we round up. Matthew chapter 46, verse 41. Jesus Christ told them, he said, watch and pray. Look at that. Watch and pray. You know, one of the ways, apart from the word of God, you know, one of the ways that God has given us to overcome temptation is to pray. Even Jesus Christ, he prayed before he faced the guy, the guardian, before he faced the guardian of, I mean, before he faced the cross, he prayed in the guardian of Gethsemane. So watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. And that's why we first pray that God will crucify that flesh, that Adamic nature. It's so weak. It's so weak. You know, I was, I was watching, there was a pastor that died uh, in Canada. This is so, you know, this is, it was so shameful. You know, the pastor died, a very popular pastor, man of God. And months after he had died, some women started coming out, saying that this pastor, when he was alive, he touched me in an inappropriate way. You know, some of them even say he, she, the pastor slept with them. After, months after that pastor has died, and they gave him a befitting barriers. I want us to. What I'm saying is that when it comes to temptation, if the if Jesus Christ could be tempted, who are you? Who am I? Every and every one of us, we have to be we have to be tempted because that is the only way we can be proved to be a child of God. So I want us to cry unto God. We are going to pray and say, Father, give me the power to overcome temptation. That's the last prayer point we are praying. The power to what to overcome. If Jesus overcame. The Bible says it can help us. It can help those who have been tempted because he did not fail his own temptation. It can help us. It can help you. I want you to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of you, the power to overcome temptation, the power to overcome temptation, let the power be released upon me tonight. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. This is your life. This is your destiny. The power to overcome temptation. The power to overcome temptation. Lord, release that power upon us. We receive that power. We receive that power. We receive that power. We receive that power. The power to overcome temptation. Tonight, oh God, let the power be released. In the name of Jesus. 
Oh God, the power to overcome temptation. I cover the Eleke posunda kadailika sidikapolia. Release that power upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. I'll be Everybody say, ah.